Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hey there, Global Church. Hope you're doing well. My name's Andy, and it's so good that you've tuned in today for Global Church Online. I don't know if you've been able to be with us these previous few weeks, but I want to carry on the theme of my message from last week. Last week, I was talking about that you were born for battle. You were created to fight. And I don't just mean for a crusade. I mean that in life, we will have trouble. Jesus said it, not me. But he did also say, for fear not, I will have overcome the world. You know, we will have trouble. Things just come against us. If you've lived long enough, you know that it just, it's not smooth sailing. There are things that oppose us when we're trying to make progress. There is obstacles, often in, in the form of people, that sometimes get in the way of what we're maybe trying to achieve in life. I mean, I can just think in our business context, you know, we run children's nurseries and, and having the, the battles that we had to fight to establish ourselves as a business were incredible. And I was thinking, I'm just trying to do a good thing. I was thinking, I'm not trying to deal drugs. I'm trying to look after children. But believe it or not, there were people that were against us establishing ourselves. And we had to fight. We had to learn to fight. And, and some of those battles, they were so painful in the moment because you're thinking, what is going on? <laughs> Last week, I talked about when you sometimes step out in faith and when you start something new, it almost seems like things go in reverse. Even though you might be a believer, you might believe in Jesus, and you might have even thought, I feel like cold, or that maybe that I've been encouraged to follow the desire of my heart, but things often go in reverse. And so it's, 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 it's been able to handle that in your mind so often, because if we were just to reference what's going on around us, I think most of us would give in. I mean, just having children, trying to raise four kids, all relatively young, eight, six, four, and 11 months, is a battle. It's not just straightforward. I mean, the kids don't raise themselves, which any parent can tell you that, but it's hard work. And, and it's you have to navigate the different ages when they get to different seasons of their life or the different characters. All our kids are so different. I mean, if it was anything like, you know, some of our kids would be like, this would be so easy, but you always have those challenging characters and individuals that stretch you, that pull something else out of you as a parent. But in that moment where you were struggling and it's hard work and it's just, it's, it's, you feel overwhelmed, that's when we can know that we're in a battle, but we can, th this is forming us. This is forging something within us for the future. I believe that the battles that we face are there to prepare us for greater things ahead of us. You know, last week I used David, the shepherd boy. So before he became king of Israel, there was David. And we often, many people know him as David and Goliath. But before he fought Goliath, he was tending his father's sheep. It sounds so nice, so lovely. Until you hear that he fought the bear and the lion and <laughs> trying to protect the sheep when he was out looking after them. I mean, that is just insane. I, I, I think I used, you know, last week saying that I love the Rocky films, but even Rocky Balboa did not face a grizzly bear before he fought in his final kind of, you know, ring match where he wins. You know, the preparation, the, the, the skills that David learned to be able to defend the sheep, the mindset and his confidence to be able to fight a bear and a lion is just astounding. 
And so even his brothers, they looked down on him. They thought, what are you doing? Like, you're just, you're not, you've not made it yet to manhood because the rest of his brothers were in the military. They were fighting for Israel and they were facing Goliath on a daily basis and hearing him taunt the armies of Israel. And yet when David turns up on the scene, he's like, I'm not having this. Who is this man, Goliath, to defy the living God? And he, so he was confident. He knew that the battle was the Lord's. And so I want to carry on this theme because we are called to be victorious. We are called to victory. In Romans, it says that we are more than conquerors. I mean, to be a conqueror means that we have been victorious. We've won some battles. In fact, we've won maybe a few battles in our life. And so I want us to be trained and equipped to fight the fight, that we are prepared for the day of battle because there's no good entering into the arena or entering into the fight where we have not trained. <laughs> For any of you that enjoy running, I personally can't stand it, but I, I remember one time as a student just getting fed up with something and, and a friend invited me out for a run and they went for, I think, nine miles. I'd never run more than probably half a mile, but I just decided, yeah, sure. I mean, what's, what's, what's the hard work, you know? It's just running. It's like I walk all the t all, everywhere every day, so I don't need to train for this. Well, anyway, I ran those nine miles, practically died at the end, but that wasn't the worst bit. It was the next day I could barely walk. In fact, I don't think it was a day. I think it was like a three, four, maybe even a week that I, my, my legs, my bones, everything was just not right. We need to train, you know, and, and as much as we think that we're ready and we're prepared, we don't always know the opponent that we're going to face. And so there's, there's a value in the preparation that you put in today. There's value in the training that you take part in today. You know, we, we, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know exactly what battles are ahead of us or when they're going to come or what size of strength and preparation we need. What we, what we can be rest assured on is that we will have battles. We will have challenges. And my encouragement to all of us is to be training today. Before I touch into that, though, I just want to drop in a thought, which is what are you fighting for? Because as much as I say that we should be ready to fight, it's not that we're meant to fight every and any situation or person that crosses us, which sometimes you can fall in the trap of, of thinking when things go wrong. It's like, right, <laughs> I'm going to sort that out, sort this out. But actually, we need to ensure or make sure that we're on God's page. You know, the Israelites after, you know, during King David's reign, it was fantastic. You know, they went out, they defeated enemies that were coming against Israel. And then even into King Solomon, which was David's son, there was really a time of peace and prosperity and abundance. But if you were to fast forward, things started to deteriorate. The future kings of Israel, um, they, they weren't on God's page to the same extent that David and Solomon were. I mean, even Solomon towards the end of his reign was drifting off God's page. I use that as a, as a picture, really, that, that we can stray, we can drift from God's plan and purpose for our life. And as we start to do that, we can fall into the trap of thinking that God is going to fight every battle that we're, with, that we're involved with. And the Israelites fell into this very trap. Many years later, they assumed that God was going to be with them. And, and there were certain enemies that came against them. And they proudly said, well, of course, we're God's chosen people. You know, Abraham, the father of many nations that God chose all those years ago. And then his son, Isaac, and then Jacob and the 12 tribes that were, were formed off of Jacob's sons. You know, these, there was a confidence 
But the confidence had drifted into pride and arrogance. And so now they were not concerned about what God's word said or what the, the priests or the prophets on the ground were saying. They just were assuming that God would turn up on the day of battle. And unfortunately, there were times where God removed his hand of protection from the Israelite people and the Israelites were defeated. So it's, it's important for us to have this, I guess, sobering reality that God, as much as he is for us and not against us, he will not fight every battle that we call him into. You know, God will not violate his principles. God will not violate who he is. There are certain things about God that means that he will not just fight for anything and everything, but he will fight for his kingdom. He will fight to see heaven coming here on earth. And so really the, the simple answer to what are you fighting for is to ensure or to look and to seek out is am I fighting for God's kingdom? The Bible talks about seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. It's that we have this order of priority. You know, when we're engaging in, in, in the fights that we're thinking, hold on, is this something that is what God would want me to fight for? Or is it, you know, something that God wants me to let go? You know, Touching base with God is vital when we're about to engage in a fight. What do I mean by touching base? Communicating, praying, asking him, spending a bit of time in God's word to find out, is this what I want? Getting some advice from other people in the church, leaders, spiritual leaders in the church that can help guide and, and inform some of the decisions that we're maybe considering. It's powerful. You know, what are we fighting for? You see, God's kingdom just let me explain a little bit about that. And we'll in time be doing some teaching and preaching around this topic. But God's kingdom represents heaven. Heaven, what is heaven like? It's where there is peace, an abundance of, of, of everything, of good things, joy, wholeness, where, where people, there's no pain or suffering or anxiety, but instead we're of a sound mind, that we, we live in, in healthy relationship with one another, and especially with God himself that we know our creator intimately. You know, on, on earth, what does, what does God's kingdom look like? For me, I start to think of family, strong, healthy families, marriages that are passionate and still in love today as they were how many days, weeks, years ago. You know, marriage is created and it was, was, a, was a thing from God. And yet so often we, 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 we treat it like it's just another relationship. But we can invest in marriage and have it to be fantastic. Uh, you know, raising kids in a wholesome way that they grow up in the ways of the Lord, that they grow up with a faith in Jesus. Now that is God's kingdom. So fighting for that, fighting for your marriage, fighting for uh, getting out of debt or poverty, that is, that's, that's God's kingdom, you know, that we would live in abundance, that we would live with peace in our mind, fighting anxiety and, and not being sucked into depression. That's, that's God's kingdom coming into our life. And so we're called to be victorious, you know, and as we start to fight these battles and fight the fight, I believe that God wants us to see his kingdom come in all areas of our life. You know, that we bring the kingdom into other areas like business, into media, the arts, uh, entertainment, government, politics, uh, science, that we represent what God wants to achieve here on earth. You know, when God, you know, created the world and he, he, he created Adam and Eve, 
and he formed them from the dust, but he breathed his life into them. He gave them the world to subdue. It wasn't all pristine and perfect. No, there was, a, there was work to be done to subdue the land and from subduing, being able to take dominion in the same way of creating culture, creating cities, creating civilization as we know it, but, but under the premise and under the principles of God's kingdom, where things would have been wonderful in close commune and relationship with God Almighty. The kingdom is amazing. It's a place where we are completely satisfied, secure, and significant, that we know, we don't just feel it, we know these things, that we're confident of this, you know, the joy within us. Um, so I love God's kingdom. You, you know, it, it just imagine the perfect king, and that is God, and that he would rule and reign, and the subjects, you and I, living in that kingdom, would absolutely thrive under his rule, within the kingdom principles. It's an amazing thing. So us being aligned to God's plan and purpose is what I want us to kind of explore a little bit further, because when we are on God's page, we can be assured that the resources in heaven are with us, that we've got angels fighting on our behalf, that we've got the wisdom from God coming into our situation, that we'll have opportunities, relationships coming onto the scene that will enable us to fight the battle, to be victorious. Because here's another thing, you know, when David defeated Goliath and in that victorious moment, it was fantastic. The Israelites had freedom right there and then. They, they subdued the Philistines right there and they, they started to begin this taking conquest of, of certain lands around or the different armies that were trying to attack Israel. But further on, other people, other men that were close to David started to conquer and defeat other giants in the lands. And so I love that because like your victory is not just for yourself, it's for the people around you. It's, it's that they experience, A, the immediate benefit of that victory, like the Israelites did. They were no longer in fear of Goliath and the, and the Philistine army. They were like, no, we are, we know who God is. It, it was an absolute catalyst for change. But then fast forward, it was still, it was a marker in the sand that said, we can go and other people can defeat giants. Because if, if God did it for David, I think he might do it for me. And so when you're victorious, other people can look and we should do this as believers, look to others and think, if God's done it for them, I wanna believe, I wanna have faith that he'll do it for me too. It's not that we're trying to copy what other people are doing, but we can take the testimony of what's happened and say, God, I believe right now that the victory you've given them, you can give to me. We know this just even in psychology where Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile. And as soon as he ran, as soon as he broke that threshold, there have been countless others that have been able to surpass the speed that Roger Bannister did. You know, so this is the power of being victorious. It's amazing. But as we get onto God's page, we can be sure, we can be certain that God is with us. I just wanna have a little aside, okay? Because God will get onto your page. If you're worried that you need to get your life or your act together before God will turn up, he will, he will meet you where you're at. He's so gracious that wherever you are, God will wanna show up and show off in your life. And he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to mature and develop. So the comforting thing is that God isn't expecting you to, to figure everything out before he starts to act on your behalf. But as, as we go on with Jesus, as we go on in this relationship with God and the Holy Spirit, 
we start to move from asking God to get onto our page. Oh God, please help me with this, that, the other. And it's a great starting point. It's a starting point at least. But we then start to shift to getting more onto what God's page is and what does God want? Because his heart is for other people. And as much as we start desperately looking for our own needs and our own wants and desires, as time goes on, we mature and we start to think about other people. And then the battles we face are sometimes less about ourselves and more about others. And that's a healthy maturing process that we can go through as believers, that we start to get more into God's page, that we start to see how he sees things, that we have the same heart, that we have the same mind of Christ. It's incredible. So I want us to help to train, to prepare us for the day of battle. How do we train? What does it look like? Well, let me just throw this in now. Spiritual disciplines. I know that word discipline, you might have thought, oh no, surely not. But discipline is something that I want to just talk a little bit about and give you a new perspective on the word. Because disciplines for me, when we first hear the word, we think, oh, geez, I'm just not, I'm not self-disciplined enough. I don't, I'm just, you know, I can't be bothered with that kind of thing. You know, I'm lazy, this, that, and the other. But disciplines, when we get into them, they will work for us. They're like habits. Once we've birthed a discipline, it creates a habit. And once we have the habit, then it will serve us for the rest of our life. You see, we can either have the pain of regret or we can have the pain of discipline. And in fact, the pain of discipline is actually fairly short-lived because as you invest into these disciplines, you start to reap a reward. And, and before you know it, the discipline is almost like an asset and you're finding the habit that you've created and you've formed is working for you and you're no longer having to put any effort. It's just who you are. Your identi identity starts to shift behind those habits. And so I want to encourage us about this, these spiritual disciplines. In Global, we talk about that we love God. That's our, our headline value. Love God, love life, love people. But when we say love God, what do we mean by that? We mean that we're Bible-based, that we're, we're Christ-centered, mission-focused, and spirit-led. You know, we are Bible-based. And so my first discipline that I want to share with you is being in the Word, being in the Bible, that we spend time, we, we birth the discipline, a habit where we are engaging with the word of God. It might just be a verse a day. It might be 10 minutes every other day. It might be an hour a week, whatever it is. See about what is a, what, what be the training regime that you can put into place to build in some of these spiritual disciplines. And the reason I say that these are so important is that when we are trained, when we are healthy, when we are fighting fit, we can face the battle, okay? That means we can be victorious. I believe we all want to be victorious. We all want to have power over our circumstances. God designed it that way. That's not an accident. He said to Adam and Eve, go and take dominion. So that means take hold of your area and control it, subdue it, dominate that. And yet we have that same internal desire that we will not be dominated, but we will have control of the circumstances over our life, whether that's the control over our finances, our relationships, our health, our education, our, our friends and, and family, whatever it might be, that we are in control. God wants you to be in control. He gave you skills, ability, a mind, an intellect, passion, zeal to be in control, not to be a victim, but to be victorious. Because being victorious is 
glorious. It sounds a bit cheesy, but we are demonstrating God's glory when we are victorious. When Jesus died at the cross, it was the greatest victory. Didn't look like it, but three days later when he rose from the grave, it was unbelievable. It, it broke and defeated the power of death right there. The power of sin was broken. The devil was defeated. He is now a loser. He cannot win. The battle has been won. And yet we need to choose to live in the victory rather than to choose to live in uncertainty so often. So we were called to be victorious and being victorious is fantastic. David, when he defeated Goliath, guess what? He didn't have to pay taxes for the rest of his life. He was given the king's daughter in marriage. I mean, the, the power, the prestige, not of the taxes. I mean, that in itself is the reward after the victory. You know, we are called to fight, not just for the sake of fighting, but to have that victory and victory, not for the sake of just winning, but to have the reward, which is the other side. When we fight for our kids and we see them growing up healthy, where certain attitudes don't dominate them, but we help them to dominate the attitude, the mindset that's pulling them down, that is victory. And the reward is what will serve them for the rest of their life. You know, we're fighting for our marriages. <laughs> it's maybe a bad example, but when people fought, when we when we find ourselves in divorce, it breaks, it, it tears people's hearts and lives apart. And the financial damage, even in the high profile cases, is astronomical. But even for the the the, the any average Joe, it's so damaging. The reward for staying together is vast. And I want us to be aware of the rewards, aware of what victory means. We need to know that because that gives us the strength to start trading. That gives us the reason, the purpose to put in the effort today so that that loss doesn't happen in the future, but instead we are prepared. Hope you're still with me. Prepared for victory, prepared for the day of battle. So we wanna be in the word, hearing and experiencing God's living word. It's not just information. It's not like a book that you can pick out from the shelf. It's living word. You know, when you read it, God can speak to you directly into your situation, even more than I can speak to you right now in your context. The Holy Spirit might be ministering, but as you pick up the word, pick up the Bible, and you start to read it, God will want to minister to your life. He wants to speak with his word right into your situation. You can't beat it. It takes time. It's, it's, it's not always every day you open the Bible as a light bulb moment. But as we spend time in it, we're being refreshed, we're being renewed on the inside. A bit like having a shower, brushing our teeth. We have these habits to help us stay healthy. Being in the word keeps us healthy, keeps us on God's page, that we're fighting the right battles. Let me just rattle through a few of these disciplines. Prayer, being in communication with God, taking that minute to just speak with God, to, to hear from God. Silence and solitude, you know, just taking a moment to see and spend time in God's presence. You can go for a walk. You can enjoy it while you're having a latte. <laughs> you can have it on an evening when you're drinking a, a whiskey, whatever it might be, but taking that moment to spend time with God, hearing from Him. Because when God can speak into your heart, into your life, that means the world. And what is it, what is it like for God to speak into your world? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's never been Morgan Freeman's voice echoing in my ears. It's really been my own self-talk but there's something about it. It's like it doesn't stem from within. There's something that when, when I hear from God, it's, it's like it's come from heaven. It's come from out there rather than what I'm used to hearing internally. And for yourselves, it, it'll be very much the same. God will use your thoughts and your mind and your imagination and then sometimes drop in a picture, a dream, a vision 
to help give you something of encouragement for the day or for the season that you're going through. Prayer and solitude, worship. You know, we come to church and we worship corporately, but we can worship privately. If you're going through a battle right now, I want to encourage you, get a, get a worship CD, Spotify on, album, and start to worship. You know, even if you're not used to it, just speak out, get the lyrics on your phone and start to read them out as the music's playing and get into it. Give and offer up your praise to God, even in that moment of trial, even in that moment where things are going backwards and reverse. Worship God, be grateful, be thankful in all seasons. It's not that you're necessarily being thankful for the, the what's going wrong in your life, but you're thankful that God is with you, that God is for you. And as we start to worship, we can experience this beautiful exchange where as we give our praises to God, he fills us, he renews us, he refreshes our soul. We get a better perspective. Our mountain of a problem becomes a molehill and God who we've maybe forgotten becomes almighty again in front of us. And so that, that perspective is what gives us strength, it gives us health, it gives us confidence to stand on God's word. To, to be confident of this, that God within me is greater than anything else that's on the outside. You know, worship is such a powerful tool. I'd recommend, you know, spending time listening to it, maybe on your commute to work. You know, when you're traveling, put the earphones in. Uh, you don't have to, you know, sing out loud in the train, but, you know, get used to worshiping. David was a worshiper. He wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible. He was passionate. He was able to refresh himself in the Lord and remind himself of who God was. Let me just drop a last couple more in. Evangelism. When I mean evangelism, just sharing our faith, gossiping what God's doing in your life. That's a better way of putting it. Gossiping the good that God is doing or has done in your life. Telling other people about it. Even today, you might think, well, I don't know if God has done anything. Well, gossip some of the things that you've heard today, some of the things that have maybe surprised you about God or some that you've heard that's maybe impacted your life or your thinking or your soul or your heart. You know, when we gossip what God has done in our life, we're passing it on, we're letting a flow happen. God looks and says, that's good. I wanna see people flowing. As he pours in miracles, where he turns up, there he, where we experience God, and then we start to pour out into other people. He wants to keep pouring in. We can never outgive God. We can never pour out so much and him not pour in. Sometimes we need to stop in all the busyness of life to allow him to pour back in. And that's another thing, you know, eliminating hurry from our life. But evangelism, being able to share our faith with others, God knows that he's got somebody he wants to do more with. I'm convinced where sometimes we've had dreams and aspirations of, of a bigger home and we've kind of almost said with God, well, we want this bigger home so we can have more people in, you know, that we can host more people, we can gather more people together and enjoy, you know, sharing in the wonder of what God's doing in our life and, and, and helping other people experience God's power in their life. And I'm sure part of God seeing our intentions and, and moving towards this desired outcome has come alongside and said, I'm going to meet you because I, I, can, I can fight that battle. I want, to, I want to help Andy and Anna build God's kingdom here on earth. It's great, evangelism, sharing our faith, gossiping with other people the good that God's doing in our life, serving other people, being able to serve one another. You know, we're not always used to doing that in this society, you know, but serve your boss. You know, imagine that you're working for Jesus Christ himself. Work as if working unto the Lord, but the Bible says. Serving people, serving even your children, 
you know, by spending that quality time, putting the phone down or turning it off for a moment, just to get that quality time in, investing into their life, hearing from them, serving your friends, your community, the people around you, your neighbors. I could go on. Let me just wrap things up. Here's the thing. When we spend time being with Jesus, then that will lead us to being like Jesus. When we spend time being with Jesus, we start to become like Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about us growing in, from glory to glory, becoming like Christ. And so, I, you know, you might think, but I don't know if I want to become like Jesus. And, you, and I'll tell you now, you've got a stained glass version of Jesus in your head. The Jesus I know turned water into wine. He, he raised the dead back to life. He healed men and women with terminal illnesses and, and, and forgave people of their sins so they could be free from the guilt and shame of their past. He was able to find money for the tax bill from a fish's mouth. He was able to gather crowds that were, that were entertained listening to what he was bringing. Jesus is awesome. And to become more like him is, is, is a fantastic desire for every single one of us because he was powerful. He was the conquering king. <laughs> there was nothing that could intimidate him. He even says in the Bible, for the joy set before me went to the cross. He was that strong, that sound of mind, that he could endure the pain and the, the torture of the Roman people and the Jewish people of the time, and instead say, it's for the joy, for seeing my people being put back in a relationship with Father, reconciled back to God. He is powerful, the most powerful man to have ever lived. And we can become more like Jesus. When we spend time with Jesus, we'll become more like Jesus. You see, 1 Timothy 4 verse 7 says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. These disciplines are not an ending of themselves. They, they serve the purpose of becoming more like Jesus. They are the things that will prepare us for the day of battle, that they will prepare us for victory. And we can start today we, we, so my encouragement, if you're in Global Church, I would like you to spend 15, 20 minutes this week and create your training regime. What are the disciplines that you're going to pick on? Just maybe start with one and introduce it into your life. See the benefit. Experience the power of God moving in your world, because I promise you, God will move. He, he did, these things are not just a hypothesis. No, this is, this is life itself. As we start to tap into God's word, into worship, evangelism, prayer, serving other people, we are tapping into the character of God himself and he will turn up in our life. And so I want to encourage you, spend some time this week and think, create your training regime. When are you going to do it? Put it in your diary. If you're in community, then share with other people what you're going to do differently. We have connects in global and that's exactly for the purpose of helping people to create a little bit of accountability or saying, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a Bible reading plan. I'm going to, you know, on a Wednesday evening, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes reading the Bible. Five minutes. Start somewhere. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day. David was tending sheep and he became the king of Israel, the greatest king of Israel. But he did not despise the day when he was tending his father's flock. His brothers looked down on him. They thought he wasn't worthwhile spending any time or encouragement with. But David, he did not despise that day. He had no idea of his future, but he did not despise the day. He valued the, the, the tending and the caring of those sheep. Value what you have right now. Value the small beginnings that we're starting from. 
because God will do miraculous things. But let's get started today. I hope that's been helpful. Let me just pray for us for a moment. God, I want to thank you for each and every one of us listening today. And I want to pray that your hand will be upon them, that as we start to look to be ready and trained and prepared for the day of battle, that we'll start to put in to place some of these spiritual disciplines, that we will see it as a joy. As much as it can be a little bit awkward getting started, God, I pray that there's going to be an ease, that your Holy Spirit is going to encourage each and every one of us to be able to pick one of these disciplines and build it, graft it into our life and into our habits. God, I want to thank you that you've got a glorious plan ahead of us and that the battles ahead you want us to be victorious in. I thank you that you're with us and that you're not against us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for tuning in and, you know, tune in again next week. Make that one of your habits that you will tune in every week. If you're around one of the cities at Global Church, has got a church plan, then come along. Build in with the, fit, the community of people there. Give yourself. Anyway, let me stop there. It's great that you've tuned in and I'll see you next week. Take care. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 